Good morning, Harmony. Would you stand up with us? It is that time of year again. We are going to have fun this morning with Scott Davis. Scott Davis Ministries is here this morning to share. And we're going to kick off the Christmas season. Spread a little joy to the world. Sing with me right here. the room, wave at somebody, tell them you're happy to see them this morning. Awesome singing this morning, you may be seated. Well, good morning and welcome to Harmony, and if you're in person, you we welcome you here online campus. We are thrilled that you are joining us today. If you're watching on Facebook, this is the perfect time uh, to like and share uh, the stream that is going out. We're going to have an awesome time as we gather here today and celebrate uh, more of who Jesus is and what he can do in our hearts and lives. How many of you had a great Thanksgiving? Let's just, if we had a great Thanksgiving, let's just give a, a round of applause. 
we have so much to be thankful for, uh, and uh, we, we, we never should forget uh, to uh, thank God for his goodness and the things that he blesses us with uh, that we are so undeserving of. And again, I uh, just want to uh, encourage you uh, to give thanks to the Lord because he truly is good. I've got a few prayer requests I want to ask you to uh, continue to pray uh, about and pray for the families with. I want to ask you to pray, uh, continue to pray for uh, Dan Knoll. Uh, his mother passed away uh, earlier this week. We did the funeral yesterday. They're here with us today. And uh, I just want to encourage you to pray for uh, Dan and Karen. Pray for uh, their family, that God will be with them and uh, continue uh, to take care of them. I want to ask you to pray for uh, Sherry Witt uh, and the entire Fair family. Sherry's mother uh, passed away. Uh, earlier this week as well, and that funeral will be on Tuesday. Uh, so pray for uh, that family, the Witt family, the Fair family, and uh, all of those uh, that are connected uh, to them. They need our, our prayers. Uh, I want to thank you for your uh, unbelievable generosity. Uh, we set a goal this year for Operation Christmas Child to do 700 boxes, and you pulled together, and we did like 832 boxes. So can we celebrate that right there? That That is absolutely awesome. Uh, and and uh, we are thankful for uh, your generosity and uh, all that took place uh, with that. And you have made uh, Project Angel a success. Project Angel is a local uh, charity in, in our uh, community. Uh, we are partnering with them this year. Some of you have picked up angels that were out on Main Street. Uh, I want to encourage you to pick up those angels, get the items purchased, bring them back as soon as you possibly can so that those can be distributed. We're also doing a food drive with them. So if you could just take a look at what's on uh, the, the items that they need for uh, their food drive, that would be absolutely awesome. If you could go out to the store, wherever you need to go to pick up those specific items, uh, we will be partnering with them. They'll distribute that through the school systems and we're going to make an impact on families in need and the ones that we know have a need uh, during this season of life. So uh, I want to encourage you to partner with us as we partner with Project Angel, uh, a local charitable organization that's really uh, helping churches and other places be the hands and feet of Jesus and organizing things. Uh, so we want to encourage you uh, on your way out today, just take a picture of uh, those items they're asking for. If there's any angels left, pick up those angels, take them with you, uh, get those items purchased, bring them back in uh, so that we can bless uh, families uh, and uh, continue to make a difference. Well, I want to thank you for being here with us today. Uh, and uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, move forward with our service. But before before we move forward with our service, I want to ask you to uh, join me in prayer. Father, we come to you today, and we ask you for your help. We ask you for your strength. Lord, for the Noel family, for the Witt family, the Fair family, Lord, all those that uh, are struggling, that are dealing with loss and grief, I ask that you would be with them, that you would comfort them and strengthen them. Father, as those that are, are celebrating moments and, and moments that you have blessed us with, help us Lord, to, to look at the success of Operation Christmas Child, the, the things that are taking place with Project Angel, the opportunities that are before us, and, and help us, uh, Father, to celebrate what you are doing in our midst. And we just ask uh, that you will work in a very special way and help us to be faithful to you, to your cause, to your purpose. For it's in Christ's name we ask it. 
Amen. Well, today we have a very special guest that is with us. His name is Scott Davis. Scott Davis is uh, not just a guy that's going to help us laugh uh, and love life a little bit, but he's going to help us learn about Jesus. I want you to put your hands together as we welcome Scott Davis with Scott Davis Ministries. Thank you, Pastor John. Well, it is good to be back here at Harmony of Avon. How many of you were here last year when I was here? Wow, probably about half of you, so half of you haven't seen me. Uh, I'm so glad to be back, and I had a goal to be thinner by the time I came back this year, and I'm so proud of myself because I have lost a pound, and so I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. But I, I'm excited about being here because I got to bring out my Christmas jacket. Y'all like this? It's the, yes, it's the first time my wife said, oh, that is so tacky. I love it. You can get it at aisle five at Walmart uh, anytime. It's great. It's only like uh, $19.99 cheap. But uh, I am so glad to be back here. This has been a strange two years. You know, I thought we'd be uh, uh, done with COVID. You know, they said, what, six weeks, 12 weeks uh, slow the spread, but it's still going. Things are still going. You know, there's very few things that I hate in life, but there are a few things that I hate. Uh, paper straws for one of them. Anybody else with me on paper straws? Oh, my goodness, I hate that. It's like drinking through a Kleenex. Uh, tofu. I don't like tofu either. I don't even know what that is. It looked like a sponge. I was washing dishes with it one day, you know. And Donna said, no, that's to eat. And I'm like, oh, are you kidding? And then automatic lights in church bathrooms that cut off after a while. I don't know if y'all have seen those in some church bathrooms. If you're in there for any length of time, if you know what I mean, it's kind of hard to get out <laughs> because you're waving and all this kind of stuff. And Which reminds me, I don't know if any of you have grandkids, but I have four grandchildren. And my, uh, my, well, he was, at, he was about four. Uh, and he, grandkids, I love them because they're so uh, honest about everything, and they tell you everything. If you have kids and your neighbors have kids and they play with each other, then you know all your neighbor's business, right? Because they talk and they, they don't hide anything. And my, and my wife was picking me up at the airport one time. Little Dylan was in the car. He was like four years old. And I don't know what y'all have around here, but we have rest, uh, you know, gas stations, Quick Trip, and some places have Wawa, and some places have Sheets. I think you guys have Speedways or racetracks, and you walk in and say, you know, well, welcome to a Speedway. Welcome to a racetrack. You know, and that's what we did. In my, but when my wife picked us, I said, Dylan has to go really bad. And so we, uh, 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 he picked me up at the airport, stop at Quick Trip. That's what ours, ours is. And they walk in. He says, welcome to Quick Trip. And he said, just here to poop. And he keeps going, you know, because that is the way kids are. And, uh, but anyway, there's, there's, a, there's just a few things. But one of the things I hate in life is uh, COVID, too. Don't you hate that? I'll be glad when it's done. I'm tired of the mask. I'm tired of all that kind of stuff. And uh, I think I told you that this is, uh, uh, as you can tell, you know, last year during the shutdown, uh, you had an option of one of two things. You could either, uh, you know, stay outside and work out and take your gym out in the, in the driveway and do all your workout and get in shape and all that kind of stuff, or you could just sit and eat and watch TV for the whole duration of that time. I don't know if you can tell which one I chose, but... Uh, 
<laughs> I don't think it was, I wasn't outside much, let's just say that. But uh, I love to eat, and, I, and, and I'm so thankful this time of year, this is my favorite time of the year, Thanksgiving, and we had Thanksgiving at my daughter's house on Thanksgiving Day, and then the next day, Friday, we flew up here to be with you guys, and my friend Phil Disney's back there, wave Phil, that's Phil back there, and his son and uh, daughter-in-law, Tyler's in the back, there's Tyler, he's running the computer for me, and his wife Amanda's back there, and they said, when you come up, we're going to have Thanksgiving on Saturday, which was yesterday, I said, woohoo! You know, I was so happy because, you know, I had two meals, two Thanksgivings. Anybody else do that? Anybody else have two Thanksgiving or three? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It is awesome because I love, 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 love food. Oh, I love everything about food. I love the way it looks. I love the way it glistens in the light. I love the steam that comes off of it, the box that comes in. The table it goes on. The trash it goes in afterwards. I love everything about food. Some people are addicted to crack cocaine. Some people are addicted to weed. Some people are addicted to alcohol. I'm addicted to Krispy Kreme donuts, all right? Do y'all have those here? Oh, if you travel, you know what I'm talking about. You got to stop at Krispy Kreme. A friend of mine says, eating one of those hot, fresh ones is like eating a little baby angel. You know, they're just so awesome. And they put a brand new Krispy Kreme donut factory in my little town of Stockbridge, Georgia, a couple of years ago. I was there on grand opening day. And they have glass, and you can see the dough coming up on the machine. It's getting bigger and bigger as it rises. And then it drops down into that river of oil. It's like the lazy river at the water park. They took all the water out and put oil in it. turns golden brown. Then flips over and gets golden brown on the other side. Then drops down on that conveyor belt and goes underneath that curtain of icing. Oh, it's just this long strip and the icing just pouring. I just have this fantasy of going underneath that myself and being coated. I would love it. Paula Dean, you know, the cook, she had nothing on my mama. We're from the South. Nothing on my mama when it comes to cooking with butter. I mean, we fry everything in the South. Breakfast for me was a stick of butter with a pancake wrapped around it, all right? That's breakfast. So I love food. And I live in the house that I grew up in. When my mama passed away, every, uh, every house on our street had 50 acres. We had 50 acres, a little working farm. Neighbors on the left had 50. Neighbor on the right had 50. Across the street had 50 acres. We all had 50 acres. And I told my mama, you know, when people got older, the, the, the parents passed away and the kids sold off the land. And so now there's subdivisions on the left and the right. And I told my mama, I said, Mama, before you die, if you want to sell it all and spend it, just sell it and spend it and enjoy it. And so she sold it all, and except for four acres that I have now, and she spent every dime of it, all right? She didn't leave any of it. All I, so we have that nice little four acres, a lot of grass to cut, an old house in the 50s. It's great. It's a beautiful house. I don't need air conditioning because you can see through the cracks in the wall and the doors. It's just wonderful. And uh, don't, don't have to worry about insulation and that kind of stuff. You know those old houses. And we have a little pond with bass and brim. It's nice. I like it there. And then we grew up, but growing up, we had animals. We had all kind of animals. We had uh, uh, chickens and pigs and cows and uh, uh, donkeys and horses. We had a lot of pigs. I love pigs. And when the pig would have a, little, a litter of pigs, just all these little piglets, you know. I call them bacon seeds. I love them, you know, because they're getting ready to be eaten. But this one pig grew up, and it was kind of my pet pig. His name was Oinky. I loved him. Little Oinky. We used to play with him until he got big enough, and, you know, we ate him. Uh, because that's what you do on a farm. you got to grow your groceries, right? That's what you do. If you've, Anybody else live on a farm you did growing up? You know what I'm talking about. Yes. You had, you, had an, you had animals for a purpose. Either they 
found food or they were food, all right? We never had indoor pets. Uh, we never had uh, uh, cats and dogs. I mean, we had dogs. I mean, mangy dogs and three-legged dogs and dogs no ear. And, uh, uh, you know, if, got, if they got run over in the road, you sold them off and get a new one. You know, that's the way it was growing up. And we didn't have a lot of cats. We had cats. We had wild, feral cats. And, uh, and, and for those of you who have never grown up on a farm, probably you people that have grown up on a farm. And, by the way, we drove uh, 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 Amanda and, and uh, Tyler live about uh, 45 minutes from here, and so we drove. And y'all got a lot of fields here, a lot of cornfields. I mean, it's like big cornfields. You're, I mean, they're large. You could watch your dog run away for three days. It's amazing, you know. But uh, but we grew up on farms like that, and and we had no cats that were pets. We had feral cats, and I, and this happened just a, a month or so ago. I was in. Mississippi, and after I spoke at this church, we went to the local Mexican restaurant, and I was walking into the restaurant, their car out in the parking lot was going, meow, 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 and I said, that is the strangest car alarm I have ever heard, Then I realized it wasn't a car alarm, because that thing just kept, meow, meow, there was a cat inside that car somewhere, and so we walked into the restaurant, and I told the owner, you know, at the, at the, at the, at the uh, cash register there, I said, you, there's a cat out there. He said, oh, that's my brother's car. And, he's, and he walked out there, lifted the hood, and there comes this cat jumping. Wah! You know, there's this cat that was inside the engine. He goes, man, he drove 30 minutes to get here. And he said, I've been hearing that thing all morning. I didn't know what it was. So now this cat is 30 minutes from his home. But, you know, growing up on a farm, that's the way it was. And nothing against you cat people. I love, we have cat lovers here. Where is cat lovers? Cat lovers. Right here. Well, God bless your ministry. Um, I love cats. I have two at home, one on each end of the mantle. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. But growing up on a farm, I mean, it was, I, mean, I, mean I love animals. Don't get me wrong. I love animals. But cats, you know, they, during the wintertime, because they like the engine. But it was bad because, you know, you, you get out on a cold winter morning, you crank it up. You know, you say, what happened to my engine? You know, and just stuff goes everywhere. And then, you know, they get into the wheel well, that type of thing. You back up. And, you know, you don't want to do that, obviously, but you can't help it sometimes. But that's the way it was growing up on a farm. But we had chickens. Oh, we had a lot of chickens. We had chicken pens, chicken coops, chicken houses. We had this one chicken, though, this rooster that we let roam the yard. Had little red beady eyes. It was the meanest chicken you had ever seen. It was like a spawn of Satan. I've never seen a chicken that, that we didn't need ADT security. We didn't need Acumen security. We didn't need Simply Safe. We had Simply Chicken. Because if you pulled up in that yard and that chicken saw you, those little red, red beady eyes would just laser point you, those little feet, pecking at your heel until you bled. It was amazing. And I didn't know other people had chickens like this, mean chickens. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You're shaking your head. You probably grew up with one too. Well, my wife found a montage of garden chickens like that. Check this out. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? And you know what I love about those videos? It's those loving 
caring, compassionate parents never stopped filming the entire time. Their kids were terrorized, I'm telling you. But that's the way I grew up. I grew up on a farm like that. And my wife said, I'll never, you know, we're never going to have pets in the house. Never have pets in the house. And we, uh, and my wife, let me just say this. I love my wife. Uh, She's a wonderful, wonderful, godly woman. She usually travels with me. But Phil uh, and I went to college together and his kids live here. And so when we came up, we said, oh, let's visit them, and, and we've been going a lot. I was just last week in Arizona. We leave Wednesday for a Christmas tour. To, we're in uh, Oregon, and then Texas, and then uh, Idaho, and uh, Alabama. I mean, it's all over the country for the next month. And so my wife wanted just a little time by herself because, you know, uh, we spent three months locked together by ourselves in 2020 during that shutdown. Three whole months. To, I spent more time with my wife in that three months and our whole 22 years of marriage, let me tell you. Yeah, that was amazing. I, I, I walked in to get a shirt one day and flipped on the light in the closet, and there she was in the corner in a fetal position. I said, baby, what are you doing there? She said, I just needed some alone time. So anyway, I let her have some alone time this weekend, but she usually travels with me. But I found out that you ladies, and let me say this, to those of you who are married, you know what I'm talking about. Those of you who are not married yet, maybe you're dating, maybe you're engaged to somebody. Let me say something. I don't care if you date a year before you get married or five years before you get married. When you say I do, stuff comes out you didn't know about, all right? I'm just saying. When you say I do and become and you become married, you, there's stuff that I didn't know this person did this. And they didn't know I did this, you know, because there's something about that. But when you say I do, you did, and you're, you're there, okay? And, uh, but my wife, I, I, I didn't know you ladies uh, had this look. My wife, uh, two days into our honeymoon, two days in our honeymoon, she looks at me like this that has this look. I didn't know that she had that look. And her voice changed. It got real deep and low. Honey. And I was like, what? <laughs> didn't know she talked like that. And she used that term of endearment. You know, I thought she'd just go, jerk. You know, that type of thing. And some of you know what I'm talking about. But she looked at me, she said, honey, Two days in our honeymoon, divorce would never be an option. And she's a nurse. When I met her, in, I met her in church. She was an ER nurse. She said, "Divorce will never be an option. Murder may be." <laughs> and I know how to kill you <laughs> and get away with it. Now here, eat your soup. <laughs> you know, I was afraid to start my car for a month there. You know what I'm saying? But she told me, she said, we'll never have indoor animals. Never have indoor animals in our house. Never. And, um, the, and growing up, the only time that we had indoor animals, when I, was, when I was single, probably in my mid-20s and 30s, and I, I say this because Phil will remember this, his father-in-law in Texas, uh, I was out there visiting his father-in-law, and he raised standard poodles. I don't know if you've ever seen a standard poodle. You say, oh, poodles are so cute. Oh, dog, cute little. No, standard poodles, he would stand as tall as me on his hind legs. He was a big 70-pound dog, you know. And he had a black one called Shadow. And he gave me that dog. I didn't even tell my mama. Because at the time, I was staying with her in my 20s. And I, I flew this big dog home, this big old cage, and brought Shadow home. Beautiful dog. And, uh, and, and, and he, he had that big 
deep, because we called him Shadow because he's black, solid black. Had that deep, dark, woo. That's the way he barked. You know, you see this big. And one Christmas, I went out for like a week or two doing concerts and came home. And my mother had kept that dog. It was during Christmas time. And she had taken Shadow to the groomer. And I walk in the house, and I see this dog. He didn't run. He galloped. He was galloping down the hallways, and I hear, ding, 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 because he had bells on his toes, all right? And he was completely shaven except for this big bouffant hairdo and that long skinny tail with a big ball at the end of it, you know, of hair with red painted toenails. It was a male dog, all right? Red painted toenails and little ribbons in his hair. And he looked at, woo. You know, I mean, it just didn't match. But we had Shadow, and at the same time, I had a dog named Buster, stupidest dog I've ever seen in my life. He would chase cars that were parked. It was stupid. You know, and just do it. Anyway, and unfortunately, one day, I had Shadow and Buster outside, and I walked in the house and came back out, and somebody had stolen both of those dogs. And uh, you'd think they'd bring Buster back, at least, but he didn't. But they stole both of those dogs. But my wife said, I'll never have animals in my house, never. And our next-door neighbor had mutts. You know what a mutt is? A mutt is a mixed breed. That's a dog that gets out in the neighborhood and mates with another dog that's not the same breed, and they have mutts with mutt puppies. Somebody was either brilliant or our American population is not so brilliant. Let's just put it that way. Because nowadays, people sell mutts for thousands and thousands of dollars. Sheep a doodle, golden doodle, all right? Those are mutts, and somebody is selling for $2,000, $5,000. dog. Anyway, we, that, our neighbor had a mutt dog, got out in the neighborhood, and sure enough, a couple of weeks later, here comes all these mutt puppies. And my wife said, I'll never have a dog. But the little runt came running across the yard. And my wife said, oh, look at the little puppy. And the lady gave her that dog. Next thing you know, I'm at PetSmart. I got the water bowl, the dog food bowl, and the little, the little hats and all the, the little squeaky toys and the, and the leash and the collars and all that kind of stuff. And his name was Sammy. Cutest little dog you've ever seen. I didn't know you could get so attached to animals like that. But you can get attached to animals. That little dog slept with us. He was such a cute He looked exactly like, for those of you who are older, you know, remember this, the Taco Bell dog. Anybody remember the Taco Bell dog? Looked exactly like, if you're 25 and younger, you can go Google that later, all right? But the Taco Bell dog. Looked exactly, it's a cute little thing. And he loved, he loved running. He loved chasing my wife and I around the house. He loved chasing other people. He loved chasing other animals. And he loved, oh, he just loved chasing cars. And I remember one Saturday, I opened up the door to go out to get the mail or something and I opened up the door, Sammy ran out, a car ran down the road, Sammy ran after it. And sure enough, he caught that back left tire. And he rolls and laid out. And my wife, she wasn't even dressed yet. She still had her robe on. She comes running. No! She picks up little Sammy. She's holding his arm. And he lost all four legs, and we renamed him Matt. And... uh Okay, that kills with middle school. I just want you to know. <laughs> middle schoolers love that joke. But anyway, uh, 
But no, he, he, he did. He, he, he didn't die. He did get knocked out. He didn't lose all of his legs. All right? I'm just joking about that. But, he's, but this old dog, he never chased cars anymore after that. You know, never chased cars after that. But I love that dog. And we love animals. And, uh, and for Christmas this year, we have an animal. We have a, a miniature Australian shepherd. And uh, we had, I think last year when I was here, we had a big Australian shepherd who had just passed away. Her name was Maggie. Uh, but, this, but this time of year is when we love getting together with our families. And I love Thanksgiving, getting together with our friends and getting together with, uh, 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 you know, our pets and all that kind of stuff. And I love staying, uh, uh, Tyler has a, a dog, Biscuit, which is one of those uh, mixed breed expensive mutts it's a golden doodle right and and beautiful dog biscuit and just a great dog but we had a great time yesterday and I was so excited about being with you guys because I tell people I don't celebrate Christmas until after Thanksgiving I don't know if anybody I'm hard-nosed about it all right I don't even do put Christmas lights out until after Thanksgiving when you finish your meal Thanksgiving then you can put lights out I speak a lot to young people now teenagers and I tell them if you put out a light, every light you put out before Christmas, Santa kills a baby reindeer, all right? That's what I tell them. That's kind of dark, isn't it? But that's mean. But anyway, that's what I tell them. It's like, what? But, uh, but now that Thanksgiving is over, I've had two of them. It's great. I've enjoyed that meal. I'm still, I still, I didn't even have breakfast this morning because I had so much turkey yesterday. But I, I, I like to bring out this song that I only get to do at Christmas time. I think I did it last year here, but I'm going to do it again for you guys. It's my southern version of uh, an old classic white Christmas. And for those of you who are a purist, uh, just bear with me, okay? You can go ahead and hit the music on that, Tyler. I dreamy of a white Christmas just like the ones I've never known where the pine sap glistens and rednecks listen to hear Gunfire in the woods. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas with every moon pie that I Grits be salty or sweet, and your biscuits and gravy have me. Now, for you purists out there, I'll do the last part the proper way just for you. Where the tree top 
cups glisten and children listen to hear sleigh bells in the snow I'm dreaming of a wild Christmas with every Christmas card I write. May your days be merry and bright and may be one. May your days be merry and bright, and may all your Christmases be one. Merry Christmas. Ah, oh. you know, I want to do this real quick because my wife's at home and everywhere we travel, she makes us, uh, uh, she makes me do this. I have a little table in the back with some uh, resources um, that, uh, that we make available to folks because my wife, she makes me sell that stuff because she likes living indoors and having the air on, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, Last time I was here, most of this I had last time. So some of you got this last time. We have a few new things. The newest thing is my wife loves the Sermon on the Mount. And she said she's always walking around the house. I want to be bright and salty. I want to be bright and salty for Jesus. Or it's not about me. You know, sometimes we're at a hotel and she's getting ready and she wants to get ready to go to the I can hear in the bathroom, you know, her hair's not doing right or whatever. You know how it is sometimes. The ladies get their hair just right. And, she, and I hear her saying, it's not about me. It's not about me, <laughs> you know, which I think is really cool. But this is her new design that she just did, and we just got these. It just says bright and salty with Matthew 6 on there, and I thought that's really cool. So those are, are new. And, of course, we have a few of the, as I said, she's a nurse, and she made this one. She, this was a... Uh, the one that we had last year says Jesus with the heartbeat lines on there. And as I said last year, she said, let the people know that this is an artist's rendition of the heart monitor, okay? Just to remind you that if you're in the hospital and your heart monitor looks like this, you're about to see Jesus, all right? That's what she said. So, but we do have a few of these available. And, uh, and the last time, this dawned on me the last time I was here. I don't know if you remember this, but it, it popped in my brain. Things pop into my brain sometimes up here on stage. And sometimes I say it and sometimes I don't. I have to edit it. But uh, it did last time. And I've been saying it ever since, you know, because this is a small. If I put this on <laughs> as big as I am, it's going to flatline. But anyway, uh, these, I have very few of these left because last week in Arizona, they bought most of them. So if it's not your size, if it's too big, just dry it longer. And if it's uh, too little, just squeeze into it, all right? But anyway, we have a couple of other things out there. And I still have my devotion book. I don't have a new book since I was here last time. I have two books back there. I got up to 309 pounds at one time. 
and then I lost 132 pounds and wrote a book about it. If my body's a temple, then I was a mega church. That's the name of the book. Mark Lowry, some of you know Mark, he wrote the forward to it, and Shonda Pierce wrote some things. It's more the journey of this weight loss that I did where I lost 132 pounds. Now, I still struggle with it. I, I put some back on, but everybody in this room struggles with something, don't we? Mine just happens to be food, all right? I love food. That's, that's just hard for me. Uh, somebody says, I'm full. I said, what does that mean? I've never heard of that word, full, because I know how to push past full, all right? That, at the restaurant the other day, I don't know if they ever come up to you and say, you got room for dessert? I'm like, no, but I'm willing to add on. Uh, so that's just the way I am. But, uh, but and you can use that next time a waitress does that to you. But I have a radio show every Monday called the Monday Mood Changer. It's, it's aired across the nation. I don't know what station it is here, but it's just two minutes or less. And, uh, and it's about whatever I, I think about. I take little funny things and then tie it in with Scripture. And sometimes I'm sitting there, like I was sitting on the couch one day, and I, was, and I told a little joke to my wife. I said, honey, why do we have to make up the bed every single day when I'm going to get right back in it in four hours? You know, that, and I thought that was funny, and she didn't laugh. And, uh, but, I said, but I was saying, but what does that have to do with God or the Bible or Jesus? And my, my grandson was sitting there on the couch. He goes, laziness. And I was like, and I started researching. The Bible has a lot to say about laziness. And so I wrote I, I did a little radio thing. We took 42 of those little Monday mood changers and put them into a little book. A guy named uh, uh, Tim Luke, who, who used to edit a little magazine called In Touch with a guy named Charles Stanley, took 42 of those radio things, and we put it in a little book format and made it devotional. Just a couple of pages a day. Listen, I believe the Bible. We need to read the Bible every single day. And a lot of times that's the last thing on our list, isn't it, is to read the Bible. So this book is to help you get into the Bible. A little funny thing to help you get into Scripture. And it's, it's really neat. And, and, it's, and we have them. You can get it at any bookstore, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, anywhere you can buy them. They're $13. I'll sell them for 10 okay, because I don't want to do the math. That's just, just me. And, and we have a deal, too. If you, one is 10 If you want to get three, it's only 30 If you want to get five, it's only 50 It's really easy. So you can get a bundle of 10 for 100 It's easy, okay? So if you want to get one of those, you can. And my wife, we just, this is new. We didn't have this last year. It's a journal. If you, if you like writing, it's got a little uh, band on it right there where you can put your notes, and it's got a little pocket in the back, and you can, these are 10 or you can get them both together for 15 And then I, I have some CDs. If you like comedy, this is an hour of comedy right here uh, of just clean comedy. And we did that a couple of years ago. And then this is a CD of old hymns. I started out as a singer, went to Liberty University on music scholarship, and then I started talking, and people said, ooh, talk more. <laughs> so I don't know how to take that when it comes to music, but uh, these are 16 songs that my mama loved, Beulah Land, Sweet Hour Prayer, Nothing But the Blood, In the Garden. And then I did a, uh, for this comedy CD, I always sang one song at these events. And uh, I went in to record that song a couple of years ago, and I did. And I thought, well, if I'm going to do one, I might as well do a few more if I'm paying this much money. And I did 11 songs. And um, you know how you get a CD and it has a sound to it, maybe all rock and roll, all classical, all southern gospel? This is not that way. This should have been called 11 songs Scott wanted to sing because that's what it is. I got some contemporary songs, some ballads, some new praise and worship songs that people in my church wrote. I still love old hymns. I don't know if anybody else is like that, but I have four old hymns on here, 
And a lot of something, I did a Southern Gospel song on here. Even asked the Neelands. Some of you have heard of the Neelands. They just won a, uh, they just nominated for a Grammy, I think. They just won a, a Dove Award. They sang with me on here, I'll Fly Away. And then uh, a little struggling band, up and coming band uh, called Casting Crowns. They did a couple of songs with me on here. Uh, their CDs go gold and platinum. So maybe y'all can buy these and help me go aluminum. <laughs> That'd be nice. But, uh, but there's all, Babby Mason did a song with me and several other, Mark Lowry did a duet with me. Anyway, all that stuff's back there. And I got some little, listen, you heard of the, the um, supply chain shortage, you know, the supply chain problem. You can't, people can't get their stuff. Well, I got my stuff. I got these little bracelets back there and I got little necklaces back there. I went and got a jet ski and went out to those ships, all right, myself and got my stuff. I went out there, put some Speedos on, got that stuff, and came back, all right? I got my stuff. Yeah, you don't want to see me in Speedos. But anyway, um, so I got it all back there. So if you want to get some Christmas gifts, nothing's really expensive back there. Uh, that, that, that helps us down the road, and maybe it'll help you with some little Christmas stocking stuffers too. But it's all geared to remind you of Jesus and keep your uh, mind on, on him. And speaking of uh, shopping, um, my wife loves to shop. Oh, my goodness. She is a shopper. Uh, I'm not so much a shopper, and this is her favorite time of year. She called me yesterday. Can I get this online? You know, is it all right if I buy? I said, sure. And by that night, they had already delivered it. She was wearing her little slippers, you know, that she wanted to get. And, um, but that, she's, she loves to shop. Now, when I was a kid, I went to the mall. Now, I don't know if y'all have malls around here, but I think we passed a couple. But um, when I went to the mall as a kid, we didn't, as teenagers, we didn't really go to shop. We went to check out the other teenagers, right? That's what teenagers did. You'd get all duded up to check out the other teenagers. You kinda hang, it's kind of a hangout. And I always remember this old man sitting on a bench in the middle of the mall as a teenager. I never understood what that was about. I'd go a different weekend, be a different old man, but there was always an old man sitting on a mall with a cup of coffee by himself. Now, when I was engaged to my wife, we dated for two years before we got married. Well, during that dating time, my beautiful, sweet wife, she said, let's go to the mall. Let's go shopping together. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to the mall with my woman. This would be a good bonding time. I'm thinking 20 minutes. She can't spell 20 minutes. Now, let me say this. <clears throat> when it, let me say this right up front. My wife, when I tell this story, because she's usually with me, she's about, she finally told me, she goes, honey, you know, you need to tell them that you're addicted to shopping too. You're just too lazy to get off the couch and go to the store, which is true. I am addicted to shopping. I love the shutdown time last year because that's all I did was eat and watch TV. And if you stay up late enough at night on TV, I love TV shows go off the air. And you see paid programming, paid program, infomercials. Ooh, I love infomercials. And QVC, woo, especially on Dominique night. They got some nice stuff. That stuff looks real, let me tell you. And I've got so much stuff in my house. Now, I got, you know, I got the, the shark vacuum cleaner. Have you seen that? It'll pick up a bowling ball. A bowling ball. I love that thing. And I got the sham wow. Have y'all seen that? That'll clean up anything. The sham wow is nice. And uh, I've got the uh, 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 taco shell bowl maker. You've seen that? I love that. It, that 
I, I just ordered that. It's coming in six to eight weeks. And then uh, the my pillow. You seen that guy? He's there. I've got I've got four my pillows because I bought two and forgot I bought them. And bought two more, so I got four of my pillows, <clears throat> and I've got a cow telephone. It rings like a cow. <laughs> I won't even tell you what it does when you put it on hold, but it's amazing. And uh, let's see what else I got. I, mean, I got all this kind of stuff, and uh, and it took me two years to pay off all that all that kind of thing, you know. Uh, because my wife, because when, when she met me, I was in debt, because I was single in debt. And she said, I'm not marrying somebody in debt, so it took me two years to pay off all that stuff. And, uh, but during that shutdown, that was, that was nice, because I love laying on that couch. Don't put me in front of a TV at 3 in the morning with a remote control and a credit card, because I would just be buying that stuff. I've made the mistake, you know, you have those DVRs now where you can record shows. I've made the mistake of recording some infomercials. My wife's going through the list the other day. She says, no, you're not buying skinny pajama jeans. I said, those will look good on me, you know. And, but she's, and I said, well, I'll forget the 800 number if I don't record it. But anyway, it's just that kind of thing. And, um, and, and oh, I got to tell you all this. There's a lady in my church. She's married to one of um, our worship pastors. And she's a godly woman. And she's uh, a meek, you know, very soft-spoken. Her name's Cassie. She talks like this, and she loves everybody. I mean, loves everybody. I mean, everybody. I mean, there's some people you meet that are so spiritual, and, and I'm not saying this in a bad way. They're just so spiritual, it's almost like, okay, that's not even real. That's just so gooey. It's not even real. You're so spiritual. But she's real about it. She's real. I mean, she'll witness to everybody in line at Walmart, Dollar General, gas station. If you're begging for money, she will give it. I mean, her husband doesn't even carry cash with him anymore, all right? Because she gives it all away. She's like that. And she was concerned. And she's a health nut. Oh, she's a health freak. Everything has to be organic this and sea salt this and free cage range, whatever. And I'm trying to be like that. But she came to me when I was at my biggest, and she was concerned about my health. And she said, Scott, you need to do this week-long cleanse for your body. And she was explaining that to me and describing it to me. And I thought, I don't want to do that. (laughs) That doesn't sound natural. (laughs) And so I ignored her for about a month. And I'm laying on the couch, flipping the channels. And, you know, it's 3 in the morning. Here comes that nutrition guy. Y'all see him on TV, you know, that doctor that's selling that colon pill, you know, that pill that you're supposed to take, you know, because apparently the stuff in your body has been built up for years, supposed to come out. Anyway, I bought that product. That was not a good decision. No, it was not. Let's just say I'm glad I had the ShamWow, all right? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's terrible. See, Pastor's over here going, you ain't coming back. So anyway, she says I'm addicted to all the shopping. Well, during that dating time, my wife said, said, let's go shopping together. So I went with her to the mall, thinking 20 minutes is all we need. And she's, looking, she's in Macy's looking at dresses. What do you think about this dress? You like this dress? Feel that material. Doesn't that, doesn't that feel nice? Put that against your face. I love this. I'm going to hide this in the rack so no other, no other woman will find it. And then what about this one? It's not too short. Is it? I don't want to be immodest. What about the color? 
to bring out the color of my eyes, to bring out the color of my cheeks, to bring out the color of my, my hair, to bring out the color of my lips, to bring out the color of my forehead. You know, after 20 minutes of this, I'm like a deer in headlights. I'm like, here, buy it all, I don't care. The next thing you know, I'm sitting with that old man in the mall, all right, with my cup of coffee. Because men, we don't shop like that, do we? Men, we, we, we take 20 minutes is all we need. One of three stores is all we need. Walmart, Home Depot, or the Bass Pro Shop. That's it. If I'm at Walmart, it's more than 20 minutes because I'm in a wild mood. You know, sometimes I'll hide in the clothes rack and people will come by and pull it back. And I'll say, pick me! You know, that freaks people out. And then, uh, and I will give you a little, a little, uh, a little pointer that you don't want to do this. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to do this while you're at Walmart because this will uh, get you kicked out. You don't want to go to the men's restroom and shut the door and yell out, we're out of toilet paper. Because that will get you kicked out of Walmart, just so you know. Um, but my wife, that's, that's all we need. And, and by the way, and let me tell you, during this Christmas time, y'all going to be spending a lot of time together with holidays and Christmas dinners and aunts and uncles and all family. And let me just say to you women, a little pointer today, that men can be, um, how do I say it? Men can be insensitive. It's true. Men can say things five seconds after it left our tongue. We don't remember what we said. But you ladies never forget. I remember dating this girl in college one time. Not the girl I married. Different girl. Dated three and a half years. And I'm driving along on a date. She's sitting over there. And I don't remember what I said to her. But whatever it was, it made her mad. And she looked out the window the rest of the night. I said, baby, what's the matter? She didn't say a word. I said, honey, what's wrong? Not a word. I said, baby, tell me what's the matter. She turned around and said, nothing, leave me alone. And I thought, ah! Thought her head was going to spin and green stuff starts spewing, you know? Because guys can say stuff to women. It's like a little pebble to us. But to you ladies, it's like a boulder. And men will make stuff up around women. I don't care if we're married, single, widowed, divorced. We'll make stuff up. You ever, you ever bungee jumped? <laughs> I do that three times a week. You ever jump out of an airplane? Well, that's how I used to go to work. I mean, you know, we don't care. We just make it up. But you know what I found out? That God loves us crazy, goofy, idiotic men just the way we are. He loves you wild and crazy teenagers. He loves you moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas. And he loves you beautiful, wonderful, sweet, right women. <laughs> I married Miss Wright. <laughs> I just didn't know her first name was always. But I'm learning. I'm learning. But I'm thankful. I'm thankful for her. And I'm thankful for this time of year as well. And, um, and I wanted to... I, I, I wanted to just come this morning and have fun and, and, and uh, laugh. I know it's weird to have comedy in church, but I've learned. I, God has given me the opportunity. I was telling Pastor John this yesterday. I don't know what it is, but he's given us favor with teenagers. We've, in the past, since August 18th, 
till last week, I've spoken in 10 different schools, and we've seen 429 teenagers accept Christ as Savior in those 10 schools. Thank you. And just taking a, 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 we call it the One Real Day Spiritual Emphasis Conference is what we do, and that's what we take to them. And, and I don't know why God has given us favor with those young people, but uh, it's been really neat, and I'm thankful for it. And as a matter of fact, we got a, I got a 30-second little video. I want to show you this. Check this out. I just felt the Spirit of God working in me, and I decided to rededicate my life to the Lord here. And I just think it's really amazing that 140 people got saved here at this conference. I love seeing all the salvations today. Um, that was amazing. I've never been, I've heard about like, you know, hundreds of people getting saved. Never been in a situation like that before in my life. So that was definitely amazing. I thought I'd come in here and just say whatever, you know, and just get on with it and get out of here. But come out in tears, it's, it really changes you. So that's what we've been doing since August, and, and, and we've already had more schools call. We're booking January and February, just school after school. Now, these are Christian schools, uh, which is what I went to. I went to a Christian school, but I was a heathen until the, I was a senior, and that's when I met Jesus. And, uh, and there's a lot of Christian school teenagers that know how to say the right words around the right people and put on Christianity like a jacket and take it off when they don't need it. There's a lot of church people that way, too. And uh, matter of fact, I grew up in church. I went to church. I was there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night visitation, Monday night visitation, singing the youth choir, the adult choir, went to all the pizza blasts, hot dog roast, lock-ins, retreats, camps. I was even baptized twice. I was about as good as you get. But I was going through what I call churchianity, which is religion, instead of Christianity, which is a relationship with Jesus. And that's what we've been sharing with these, with these young people is us. And, I, and more and more of these Christian schools are seeing more and more teenagers that have no idea of God, the Bible, Jesus, or anything else because a lot of parents are pulling their kids out of public education, putting them in private. They don't even care about teaching Jesus. That's okay. I just don't want them over here in this school. So we're seeing a lot of unchurched people in these schools. And I'm so thankful that... God's showing us favor with those because I'm just, you know, I'm almost 60, short, fat, balding dude. <laughs> and and uh, there's a scripture in, the, in Psalms, I think it's 70, Psalms chapter 70 says, when you're old and gray-headed, God give me the opportunity to pour into the next generation. And that's my paraphrase of it. But that's, that's what we're trying to do. So pray for us as we do that and we give them the truth. Because I grew up in church. Listen, I went to a a good, old-fashioned Baptist church. And I was thankful for my church. But it was a typical old-fashioned Baptist church. You know, you have the choir and choir robes and sing a lot of hymns. And I have nothing against hymns. I love hymns. I got a CD with a bunch of them back there. And um, we'd have a special soul always sing right before the pastor preached. And they would say something like, pray for me as I try to sing this song, you know. And, uh, and God bless them, they'd sing it. And then our pastor would preach for like an hour and a half <laughs> and then take his watch off and put it on the pulpit. <laughs> that means he's going another 45 minutes, all right? That's the way it was growing up. And then at the invitation time, we'd have 73 verses of just as I am until somebody came forward. And that's the way it was. Usually I went several times just to get this over with, all right? I went forward. But, uh, but I'm thankful growing up that way because one thing I learned in the church that I grew up in 
is that salvation is only through Jesus. That's for sure. I tell these teenagers all the time, there's a quote by Jesus in the Bible, John 14, 6 says, and this is Jesus talking, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way to heaven. And we're about to go, we're in the Christmas season. We got all these Christmas movies, you got 5,000 Hallmark gooey Christmas movies, you know, you can watch. We've got all the lights and all the festivities we're going to participate in this, this Christmas season. And some of us will be sad because we've lost some loved ones this year. COVID, I'm glad I had COVID and I'm over it. But COVID's a real thing. My son-in-law, who is the father of three of my grandkids, in August 15th caught covid that next Saturday, we were attending his funeral. He was 38 years of age. It's real. We don't know when we're going to die. But there's one thing that happened when Jesus was born on that Christmas morning, that perfect little baby, perfect baby on Christmas morning. You know, I think of heaven I was on an airplane going to Oregon a few weeks ago, and I stuck on my headphones, and I had the audio Bible on my phone, and I turned it on. It was in the book of John. I, I fell asleep. I woke up. It was in Revelation. <laughs> and I was listening to that part. Of, I went through the whole I'd rather have that pumping in my brain while I'm sleeping. But in Revelation, it talked about heaven, streets of gold that are so pure that they're translucent. Crystal River. There won't even be need for a sun because of the radiance of the glory of God. Isn't that amazing? Heaven's going to be a beautiful, beautiful, wonderful place. But I can almost imagine God sitting on the throne of heaven. And maybe getting up and looking over the balcony and seeing all of us. I'm talking about the good people. Those of you who are just good, good people, never do anything wrong. All the way to the evil, evil people. I'm talking about the, the Jeffrey Dahmers of the world. Or those child molesters and rapists, or those people, the Taliban who cut people's heads. You think of the most evil, disgusting people in the world. Hey, looking over the balcony of heaven and seeing all of us, the whole world like that. If it had been me, I'd go and sit back down. Aren't you glad I'm not God? But Jesus was moved with so much compassion that he gave it all up for you and me. I wanted to read a scripture this morning. For you, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We have it up there on the screen, too. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. You've heard of the Phrase from rags to riches. Man, that guy, he was poor. He went from rags to riches. That guy, man, he made it big. Rags. This is a riches to rags story. Jesus has it all in heaven. He's God. He's sovereign. Here's our sovereign Savior who went from a throne to a manger and then to a cross for you and me. Isn't that amazing? 
That blows my mind. My pastor said it on a Sunday night. He said, you realize, it was Sunday night church one night. He said, you realize tonight if Osama bin Laden, this is before they killed him. If Osama bin Laden walked in our church tonight and he was moved by the Holy Spirit and he came forward and he meant it. And he put his faith in Jesus that God would save him, cleanse him, forgive him, and give him a home in heaven. Isn't that amazing? That blows my mind. I just want to shoot the man. But there's people we see in our life. You see people, I don't know if you have it here in Georgia, we have people, you know, at the stoplights, homeless folks. You see all kind of folks everywhere. Some people avoid the other side of the street to not see people like that. But you think of the worst person you can think of in your life, God died for them too. He left heaven to come here. Oh, pizza's ready. Okay, so let's go to the next one. I'm going to put this other scripture up here. You got that, Tyler? You want to put that up? Philippians 2, 6 says, Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking on the form of the servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God was, has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that above, is that above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He left heaven to be born that perfect baby, to live those 33 perfect years. Could you imagine being Jesus' brother? Can't you clean your room like Jesus? He was perfect. (laughs) Perfect. But then he died on the cross. He took your sin and mine. He paid it. You talk about buying something. He paid for us. He left heaven so that we could have a home in heaven. Isn't that amazing? And all we have to do is put our trust in him. July 10th, 1979 is when I did that. I grew up in church. A lot of people say, well, I go to church. I'm a good person. I go, listen, going to church no more makes you a Christian than if you lived in your garage would make you a car. Or if you lived at Krispy Kreme would make you a donut. And you're not a Christian because, well, my, my mom and daddy's a Christian. So? My grandmama, my granddaddy's a Christian. Doesn't mean you are. It's got to be your own Jesus. In Christ. Because folks, we're all going to die. And every person in this room is going to live somewhere. (laughs) Forever. Heaven, beautiful place. But the most wonderful thing about heaven is not what it's made of, but who's there. Jesus is there. Jesus talked a lot about heaven. But do you realize in the Bible that Jesus talked three times more about hell? A lot of people don't talk about that, but there's a real place called hell, too. This Christmas season, I don't want anybody to go there. I want you to receive the free gift of God. But we're going to spend eternity one of two places, and you can put your faith in Christ. I grew up in church. It wasn't until I was a senior in high school when I put my faith in him. And I sang in all the plays. Everybody thought I was a Christian. Do you know him? 
And if you do, are you living for him? This is a tough time. Tough time. I was at a men's, uh, a men's breakfast. I got to go. We're done because I'm getting hungry. Listen, we were at a men's breakfast a, a month ago, a Saturday. We had men's meeting. There were six of us, three on this side of the booth. We meet every Saturday when I'm at home. Chris, over here on my left, 54 years ago, old, when he shared his testimony, he shared his prayer request, he said, he said, my grandkids are living with me. And I tried not to wake them up this morning, the little ones, you know, and two of them woke up and said, Papa, where are you going? You're coming back, aren't you? Oh, yeah, I'm just going to meet some guys for breakfast. The guy in the middle was Max. He's a Puerto Rican fellow that just got to know Jesus and Guy on the end was Josh. He run, works carpenter, does cabinets. And Todd next to me, he's got ponytail down to here, long ponytail. Because about two years ago, God delivered, delivered him from alcohol. And he said, I just decided to let that be my son. I'm not going to cut my hair to know that I'm serving. And he just let it grow. Because you know, that keeps him clean. I said, praise God. Then me and then Matt. But in the middle of us eating breakfast, Chris just leans over like this onto Matt. 54. He snores a couple of times, like, like snoring, you know. I thought, maybe he's got narcolepsy or something. He's kind of a funny guy, you know. Max, the Puerto Rican guy, he's like, Chris, wake up. <laughs> what, what's he doing? He breathed a couple more times, and he quit breathing. And then his eyes opened, and his pupils were that big. And he never took another breath. He died right there. In front of us, 54 years of age. And it told me how thin the veil is between this life and the next. I didn't feel bad for him because he was just talking about his relationship with Jesus and where he's going to spend eternity. As my friend Mark Lowry would say, he's kicking up gold dust in heaven with Jesus. I felt bad for those little youngins who said, you coming back? But I was thankful maybe God let that happen in front of us and not at home in front of those little kids. Or it didn't happen in a car where you took out some other people or something. But folks, life is real, death is real. And this Christmas season, I didn't want to depress you. I want you to laugh, have fun today. But there's that reality too. And I want you to know that Jesus loves you. That's the reason he, he left heaven for you. And you can accept that today. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this time together. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you that we can come to church and laugh and have fun. And thank you for loving us. Thank you for liking us, that you want to spend time with us. But every head bowed, every eye closed, I do this in every service, whether it's at a school, a convention center, a hotel ballroom, a moose lodge, a church, whatever. How many would say, Scott, I know if I were to die today that I would go to heaven. I remember that day when I put my faith in Christ. And that's what the Bible says. It's with the heart man believes, with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation and to righteousness. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you've called upon his name and you accepted him as Savior and you know you're going to heaven, put your hand up this morning. I know that for sure. Praise God all over. Put them down. Is anybody here who say, Scott, 
I'm not sure I'm a Christian. I didn't know that I had to call upon his name. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way to heaven. You say, pray for me, Scott. I, I'm not sure I'm a Christian. Anyone like that? Let me pray for you. Anyone? Right now, we're going to have a prayer time. And if you want to put your faith in Christ, I'm going to lead you in that. The prayer does not save you. It's your heart attitude. But if you want to call upon his name, you could do that this morning, silently or, or out loud. It doesn't matter. And then we're going to have an opportunity for those of us who are Christians, if you want to just take some of the need to him and say, God, help me kick off this Christmas season with the right attitude and keep the focus on you. Lord Jesus, save souls right now. If you're not sure you're a Christian and you want to put your faith in him right now, pray this prayer with me. Again, it's not the prayer, it's your heart attitude. But if you're not sure you're a Christian, just call upon his name, something like this. Lord Jesus, I know I need you. I know I'm a sinner. I know you died for me and rose again the third day. Please come into my heart. Come into my life. Give me eternal life. Give me a home in heaven. Give me abundant life on this earth. Forgive me of my sin right now. I put my trust in you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. No one looking around. If you prayed that prayer today for the first time, or maybe you're just making sure then the angels are rejoicing in heaven over you because we have new brothers and sisters in the family of God. That is an awesome, awesome thing. The rest of us, if you've had a relationship with Jesus, then right now, if God's speaking to you in some way, maybe a maybe about giving people hope this Christmas season, giving them the gift of Jesus. Or maybe you got a family member struggling or whatever it is. Maybe you got some hurt, some pain, some loss. Whatever that need is, take it to him. We're going to take about 30 seconds as she plays just in the background. And you take whatever your need is to him. And say, God, let me glorify you. Put the spotlight on you this Christmas season. Do that right now. Father, we come to you today and we thank you that we can bring a request to you, that we can ask for strength, that we can ask for help, that we can turn to you no matter what it is. Father, for those that made a decision to give their life to you, to accept you as Savior, to invite you to forgive them of their sins, we, we thank you for that and there is no greater joy than to know that all of heaven celebrates the moment that one person turns to you. So, Father, we thank you for that. And as we enter this Christmas season, I pray that you would help us to celebrate the name of Jesus, to celebrate the person of Jesus. Lord, to truly celebrate Jesus during this time of year 
and help us to help others know that Jesus truly is what Christmas is all about. Help us, we pray, for it's in Christ's name we ask. Amen. Hey, today, if you have made a decision to trust Christ, if you have said, look, I want Jesus to be my Savior, would you please let us know? You Thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home and allowing us to share hope with you. You know, when we think about the love of Jesus, it's absolutely amazing to stop and realize that he gave his life for you and for me. And all we have to do is simply put our faith and trust in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And that changes us for all eternity. Today, if you've never invited Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to be your personal savior, I want to encourage you to do that right now. It's as simple as admitting that your life is not perfect, admitting that you've sinned, that you've missed God's mark of perfection, and putting your faith and trust in his son, Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is God's love in action, and he demonstrated his love for you and for me by going to the cross, by being buried and by rising again on the third day. And today, if you'd like to invite him to forgive you of your sins and to be your savior, I would encourage you right where you are just to simply say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and to be my savior. And he will do it. If you've made that decision today, please let us know. Please reach out to us. We would love the opportunity to help you learn more about who Jesus is and the incredible plan that he has for your life. If you are a part of the Harmony family, uh, you're part of our Harmony uh, online community and our online campus, I want to thank you for joining us as well. And I want to invite you to start regathering with us in person if you would like to do so. But please remember, we're keeping everything online as well, so you're not going to miss out uh, on our Sunday morning experience and the other things that we've been doing through the week. We're going to continue to offer those and to continue to meet a need in your life. And if you would like to help us continue uh, to serve our community and, and literally the world, uh, we would encourage you to hop on over to harmonyofavon.com forward slash give, and you'll be able to help us continue the ministry and to make a difference, not only here locally, but globally as well. Thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home. And I pray uh, for God's greatest blessings in your life. And I hope that you'll continue to stay connected to us throughout the week. You have a great day.